Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. Hi, um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name's Caitlin. Um, in a few weeks, I'll be entering my sophomore year at Fremd High School. I've been going to Harvest for about 12 years, and last week I had the opportunity to go to Tuba City, Arizona for the first time. Along with Noah, Matthew, Luke, and some other members from Assembly of God Church, I was a teacher's assistant in the second grade class. When I first applied to go to Tuba City, I didn't realize how much time and preparation would have to go into the mission trip. Then as the trip got closer, I knew it was serious team ministry, when at one point I realized I had seen someone from church every day for three weeks in a row. (laughs) On the drive from Flagstaff to Tuba City, I was amazed at all of the amazing scenery. It was nice to see canyons, cacti, and mountains instead of seeing grass and trees. As we started to get closer to Tuba City, the road slowly turned into paths of dirt. Tuba City is a small city. There was one grocery store in the the entire city and a few fast food places here and there. As for the car rides, we sang Christmas carols and played Taboo. I want to give my thanks to Mr. Peter and Pofo for driving all of us from Phoenix to Flagstaff and then to Tuba City. I can't even imagine how tired you both were. One of the most memorable days of the trip for me was Tuesday. It was the second day of VBS, so the kids were no longer shy and had warmed up to us. After VBS, we took a trip to Coal Miners Canyon, where we took lots of pictures. It was a short trip because it started to rain, so we had to leave. On our way back to Assembly of God Church, we stopped off at a natural spring where we were able to drink real spring water from the ground. Actually, it came through a filtered pipe, but it was still cool to drink water that didn't come in plastic bottles. I was amazed how clear the water was and how refreshing it tasted on that 100-degree day. When we arrived at Assembly of God Church, one of the ladies from Tuba City made us tamales. They were really good, much better than the Rosati's pizza we usually eat when we're together in youth group. (laughs) After we finished dinner, we headed into the sanctuary to sing songs. Um, Sorry. I could personally feel God's presence in the room. It was really amazing to see everyone sing with their hands raised up, unashamed, and not caring what anyone thought of them. One of my favorite songs that we sang that night was God of the City. It reminded me that no matter what we did to change the children's hearts, there are still greater things to be done by God. There truly is no one like our God. Shout out to the praise team for picking out that song. After singing, we all sat in a circle reflecting on the book of Philemon. Things slowly escalated into a shout-out circle where each one of us would take turns saying something they really admired about someone else. Everyone was getting emotional, and there were a ton of tears that were shed. One thing that touched me that night was when Amanda Moy said that she really enjoyed my enthusiasm and that I never failed to make her laugh. This made me realize that some people appreciate my energetic self. On a side note, if I was feeling tired, I appreciated that Pofo would tell a joke and make me laugh, which distracted me from the fact that I'd only had six hours of sleep that night. Also, his dabs were hilarious. (laughs) I wish that I could say I'm joking. But even he even made a little kid cry by his bad dance moves. (laughs) 
I also appreciated that Amanda Kim would offer to braid my hair to get it off my face because it was really hot in Tuba City. Even though my hair was usually very sweaty from the heat, she still offered to braid everyone's hair with a smile on her face. I would also like to thank my roommates, Amanda Moy, Jordan, and Noelle. Before going to sleep, I would sing and dance like a crazy person. I want to thank them for putting up with me and even dancing and singing along. Although they're all in college, they made sure to include me in everything they did. During the long car rides, Elijah and I would sing along to all of the songs that were playing. I'm pretty sure we annoyed most of the people in our van, but it was worth it. Thanks, my dude. If there was an awkward moment of silence, Caleb would shout, clap if you love Pofa, which made everyone die of laughter. <laughs> Lastly, I'd like to thank the congregation. Without your help financially and spiritually, we wouldn't have been able to go on this trip. I'm pretty sure that without all the encouragement, happiness, and positive expressions we all shared with one another, we wouldn't have been able to get through this week. I want to thank the Tuba City team as a whole, which I don't like to think of as a team. They're my family. It is a job of a family member to encourage one another, strengthen bonds with each other, and grow in Christ together. I'm very happy to announce that we are not a team. We're a family. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Nothing like being a 51-year-old youth pastor. It was definitely an excellent trip. If you guys want to put up that first picture for us, and uh, I'll pray for our offering as well as we continue on in our service. Our Father in heaven, uh, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you give. There is no one who is like you. And we appreciate that we can call you Father. Because you have brought us into your family. And you have called us your children. But there's so many things that you give us, we give back to you. We ask that what we have given you, through wisdom, you would share with us on how we might be a blessing to our church, to our community, and to the nations. And now, Father, as we just hear hopefully from you that you would speak to us, young and old, to be able to hear your voice, to know what it is that you have called us, or who you have called us to be, and what you call us to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, you've seen this picture in the end, but this is uh, Tuba City. And uh, last year, around this time, we began to discuss what should we do for youth group and how can we get them involved in some form of missions slash ministry. And uh, Pastor Dave was giving me all sorts of ideas, some of them in other countries, and uh, one of them was Tuba City. And... uh, My personality, not being a very detail-oriented person that I am, as you can ask the team throughout the week, because we never had a schedule except the one that was in my mind. Yes, and it was very frustrating for some, but I chose Tuba City. And and I chose Tuba City because when we went with 
when I went to get Kaylee overseas, it was such a headache. You had to get inoculations and visas and all this other stuff. And I thought, well, it'd be so much easier just to go to Tuba City. None of that stuff you have to worry about. So that was one of the biggest reasons. But an even bigger reason was what the students kept asking was, hey, can we go back to Tuba City? And the year before, we had decided, because no one in Tuba City seemed to want us back, that why would we go and force ourselves on a group of people who at that time, there were certain pastors in the community who were saying, we want to do this ourselves. And then sometime earlier this year, getting in contact with the former pastor's wife of the AOG church, she said, hey, uh, they're, looking for your, they're looking to find out where you guys are at because they want to invite you back to church and do VBS here in Tuba City. And so for us, that seemed like a really good thing. And so through a series of events and meeting other people and finally meeting Pastor Joel at the Assembly of God Church, he said, you know what, why don't you guys come back? And so for us, going to Tuba City was not just because it was easier, but because as a youth group, many of them having grown up in this VBS, we wanted to go back to Tuba City. And when we got that invitation, we decided to go back to Tuba City. So we're pretty excited because we believe that God still wanted to do something in us and through us, as well as in the city itself. And so we went to Tuba City. So I want to share with you three lessons that I learned. I don't know if the students learned this, but three things I should say that I relearned when we went to Tuba City. So we're going to travel around the scripture a little bit, but if you want to turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 1. And I just want to share a few lessons with us, but I want to read the first few verses, 1 through 4. reads this way. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted before the God and prayed before the God of heaven. On Monday night, I shared a lesson with our students and it was this. Spiritual leadership cares about God's glory and meeting people's needs. Spiritual leadership cares about God's glory in meeting people's needs. In this situation, you have Nehemiah, who has probably never been to Jerusalem, but he remembers one thing. He's Jewish. And he thinks about the home city where God is supposed to be Jerusalem, probably pretty frequently, it seems. And one day, his brother and some of his friends come back from Jerusalem, and Nehemiah, I can picture in my mind, and I don't know if he did this or not, I can picture him going, not waiting, but actually going to his brother Hanani and saying, hey, what's happening in Jerusalem? And Hanani responds, it's bad, brother. It's bad. It's so bad that the walls and the gates are broken down. In other words, the city is open and defenseless, and so those who are around them basically can do whatever they want with those people. And Nehemiah's reaction is very interesting because what he does is he grieves. He grieves. Now understand this, Nehemiah is a political man. He is the chief cupbearer to the king. He's the guy who's going to drink the wine first to make sure whether or not it's poisoned. 
His life every day is on the line. He's into politics. He's into God as well, but he's not a religious leader. And the interesting thing that you'll see in Nehemiah chapter 3 is that there were plenty of religious leaders that were in Jerusalem at that time. But Nehemiah is a spiritual leader, even though he is a politician, which I think would be nice to have. But as a spiritual leader, he cares about God's glory because when he hears that the walls and the gates are broken down, he grieves. He grieves, first of all, because it's a symbol of, to the enemies of God, that God is not real and God is not working. By the end of this book, when they repair the wall in 50 days, it's Nehemiah's opportunity to say, God is good, God is great, God is at work. But at this point, he's grieved because what he's seeing is that the enemies of God are mocking God. And it grieves his heart. But it also grieves his heart that the people of Jerusalem are also in distress. Now, how many of you lock your doors and windows at night? Right? Anyone here that doesn't? Because I need a new TV. No, I'm just kidding, right? We all lock our doors and windows. Why? Because we are afraid that while we are sleeping, someone may come in. Steal something, harm our family, whatever it is. But consider the situation. Their whole city is one big open door and open window saying, come on in and do whatever you want. And so Nehemiah is grieved by that. And later on in this book, you'll see that Nehemiah, in the midst of his grief, is actually going to act and do something. Now, watching these students this week, I am firmly convinced that they were Nehemiah. They, in their spiritual leadership, saw a need. And they wanted to meet that need. So can you guys flip up the next picture? I don't have the clicker. I'm not very good at stuff like that. I wish that we could kind of enlarge this, but I don't know if you can see this. Does anyone see who the kid is in blue? Not the Rangers hat, but the blue shirt. Isaac, right? That's Isaac. What you have there is a situation like this. I believe it was in one of our songs and they're dancing. And the little girl that he is holding fell. Now, it was a normal fall. You kind of look at that and why is she crying? But she was crying, and when I saw what Isaac did, he actually reached over, picked her up, and held her. That is the holding of a father of his child. Do you see that? That is a shepherd holding his sheep. That, to me, broke me down. I cried. I'll be honest with you. That was the thing, I think, that began our Tuesday night because I saw that he had a heart for this little girl because he cared for her. And the way he held her reminded me the way I hold my children. And when I saw that, all I could think was this. He gets it. He gets the fact that there is a child here who has a need. He could say, come on, get up. It wasn't that bad. Get over it. You're tough, whatever. But instead of that, he picked her up. And you know what that little girl did? She wrapped her arms around him. Okay? Now, what he didn't notice, what he didn't notice is that's all she was doing. Because once she did that, she was still crying. But you ever see kids do those crocodile tear thing? She wasn't really crying. She wanted someone to hold her. And he did it. And he did it. And not only did he do it, and I wish we had the picture of Caitlin doing it well as well, because these kids get it. Spiritual leadership is about God's glory as well as meeting people's needs. Those kids are hungry for affection and love. And so for four days, these students did just that. They spiritually led and they cared. And here's a second lesson that I learned. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4.
Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, they read this way. It was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Here Paul in Ephesians 4 is beginning after talking so much about how much God has done for us, bringing us together as a body of Christ. Paul now begins to discuss what the church is supposed to be like. There's supposed to be a unified body of Christ. And that unity comes when God raises up people like pastors and apostles and evangelists. And those ministers are to to minister to the people so that they learn how to do ministry. So that in the end, the main ministers of the church are not the pastors and the evangelists, but actually the whole body of Christ. That's the intent of what Paul is trying to say. That when Jesus said, hey, I'm raising up these individuals to raise up other people to actually do the work of ministry. And I think sometimes in church we have that backwards because even though we get paid, our expectation is that the pastors are supposed to do everything. Now, I'm not complaining. Trust me, I'm not complaining. What I'm saying, though, is a step further is that what God really wants us to do is as Jesus raises up people to be these pastors, that we teach people how to actually pastor other people. So even though pastor is a title in our culture, actually pastoring is meant to be something that is more relational. Not positional, but relational. In some way, shape, or form, what we are supposed to do as pastors is to train you how to pastor other people. Does that make sense? And so all week long, can you show one of the next pictures? All week long, what these students did was basically took what they have been learning at Harvest and made something of it. Now, does anyone know who this girl is here on the end? It's not Decimus. I know she's got that name tag Decimus, but it's not. Do you know who that is? Any, not you guys, because I know you know you're worth it, are we? That's Joy. Does anyone know who Joy is? Joy is the daughter of Peter and Joanne, the original people who went down to Tuba City and said, hey, come down here and do a VBS 12 years ago. I don't think she was born yet because she's not 12, is she? She called, she just turned. She went through every VBS as a student up until this year. All the things that she had learned over the years, she now became a partner in the ministry with us. That's what it's supposed to be like. It's not about the pastors doing the ministry, but it's this little girl learning that you guys have fed me for so long, I want to do something. When we got to Tuba City, she wasn't even on our radar. And Peter and Joanne came up to us and said, you know what, Joy really wants to go with you, and she really wants to be a part of the team. So I said, no way. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I wanted to see if you're awake. I said, definitely. They even left her with us. Can you believe that? They left her with us. Foolish, but they did it anyway. She gets it. Our next picture. No, where's the, do we still have the one with the, um, sorry, this is my order. It's my mistake, not theirs. There we go. Can you see that at all? I know that looks like a rogues gallery. And they are a bunch of troublemakers. But if you look close, who do you see? Stand up, guys. If you're in that picture, stand up. Come on, don't be afraid. 
do you, this picture now stands over there. Why? Because they get it. You guys can sit down. Because they get it. Ministry is not about how the elders and the pastors and the deacons do it for everyone that we can sit there and go, wow, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. What ministry that we're supposed to be doing to you as a church, as a whole, is that you say, okay, I've been watching you. I can do this. The fact that Noah does not stand here and shout to kids that are 10 rows away, but on his own initiative will walk down there, walk up there, and actually speak to the kids in relationship shows a world of difference. The fact that Matthew, when you think of Matthew Cho, you think all he does is goof around. This kid was initiating thing after thing after thing on his own because he gets it. If Isaac can pick up a child and hold it like, like uh, that, that the girl is his daughter, and Caitlin can do the same, and Amanda's running, she rewrote three skits in under an hour because the first one didn't go well, and the kids were like, what was that? <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Caleb's on the drums, learning how to do the drums. All of these students here doing something that's called ministry. Not sitting there going, hey, why don't you do it? Because the truth is, I think one of the reasons why it wasn't in that picture is because Noah said, where were you? In fact, the last day, Thursday night, at 5 o'clock while they were eating dinner, I went to meet with other Tuba City, another Tuba City pastor, Pastor Joel, and the people from California, North Point, because they've been using us kind of as an intermediary to get to meet them. For an hour and a half, they were on their own while I was eating dinner. I had no fears whatsoever. I got back to... Uh, the assembly of God after having dinner, and suddenly a bug hit me, which means I got a little sick. You can think about the rest of the stuff later on. They, they were basically getting ready to start without me. Why? Because they get it. They don't need me. Now, I'm, I'm not, I'm just, you know, like our budget person right now, Danny Bay, if he was here, is probably thinking, good, man, we're going to save some money next year. You know, fire that guy. <laughs> they, 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 they ran this, man. They ran this, VBS themselves. And as we were heading back, Michael, Kim, and I were talking, and one of the things that he, he said, like, you know, I don't know if these guys here in Tuba City as students are ready to do their own, because that's the goal of the, the AOG church pastor, which is an excellent goal, and we want to help them as best as we can, we hope that they get there, because I think in the end they can. Which, can we show that other picture? This, by the way, is another example of that's my, I actually took a picture. Isn't it beautiful? You can't see anything, but it was my picture. That's me standing about 200 yards away from these kids because I didn't want to go down the trail. You know, old people, if I fall and I get myself hurt and we're out. They started a prayer meeting without me. They started a prayer meeting out me because way over there in the corner is not only a huge storm, but it's Tuba City. Because they get it. They understand ministry is not about us getting the ministry. It is about us doing the ministry. Isn't that a world of difference, church? It's not, hey, I'm here to get ministered to. No, I'm here to get ministered to so that I can actually go and do ministry. That's our end goal. Because that's why God is giving us these people. And then the other one, do you have the one with the uh, Navajo guys? Now, Bob's not Navajo, by the way. He's also Korean. It's if you weren't sure, like, since he's been down at Flagstaff, he changed or anything. These guys, I'm going to tell you something. Every year that we have done registration, we have done registration with either college kids or harvest adults. And they do a good job. 
But I'm going to be honest with you. It's always chaotic, right? It's a mess. These guys, they were running it by themselves. These Navajo kids are running it by themselves, and it was as smooth as glass. People weren't standing around. People weren't wondering or wandering or whatever else, asking questions. These guys handled it. These guys were telling Bob what to do because of what Paul taught him two years ago. Does that make sense? God is raising up the church not to just get ministered to and leave it there, but to get ministered to and go out there and do ministry. And that's what I relearned from these kids because watching them day in and day out was absolutely amazing. And uh, unfortunately, if you didn't see the updates that we send out each and every day, you missed out on a lot. And if you want to get them, I'll send them to you. But I told these kids one day, I said, listen, guys, in a strange way, I am not proud of you. Because what you're doing here is what I expected. But I want to be honest with you. I'm still proud. That's what ministry is about. That's what I relearned. It's us understanding. If these kids are learning how to minister to kids in seeds, which they are. And that's what Michael said. These guys here in Tuba City don't have seeds like we do. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? They get it. And, and they're every month, one of our students are in seeds, and they're ministering to other kids. Third lesson I relearned. Turn with me to Philemon. Or Philemon, if you want. But I'd prefer you call it Philemon. I'm picking on Caitlin, but as much as she picks on me, and her nasty Costco pizza. <laughs> I got to pick on her. Paul writes this. Now here's the context. Paul's in prison. And uh, he's met a runaway slave named Onesimus. And he's led him to Christ. And I don't know how it happened, but in the midst of their conversation, Onesimus goes, yeah, I'm a runaway slave, dude. And uh, I'm from this city. And uh, Paul goes, yeah, I know somebody. Their name is Philemon. And Onesimus goes, whoa, dude, that's my master. And then Paul goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This is not a good thing. And so he's going to write Philemon a message, and it's this. He says in verse 4, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Paul here is saying, Philemon, I'm just so grateful for you. Whenever I think about you, I think of how you're growing in love and how you're growing in faith. And that really touches my heart. You became a follower of Christ in the midst of a difficult place, and you're growing, and you're growing, and I am just grateful for that. Every time I think about you, I pray, and I say, God, I am thankful for this man. You have not only refreshed my heart, but as these verses say, you have refreshed the hearts of all of my people, or all of the church. That's excellent. It's fantastic. Now, mind you, some of you might be a little bit cynical like me, and you're thinking, well, he's setting him up because he's going to ask him to work out this relational thing with Onesimus. And that's probably true, but the point I want us to see is that Paul is an encourager. You know, this man is growing in his faith. He doesn't start out and say, hey, dude, I have a bone to pick with you. No, he says, you are fantastic, man. You are, you are rocking it, man. You're, you're knocking it out of the park. That's really wonderful, and I want you to know this. 
because he's getting ready to work through this relational thing. But Paul is an encourager, and he's a cheerleader. And so this is what we were talking about Tuesday night. And I can't really cheer fully because I think what happened Tuesday night was what I would consider a very sacred moment. And I don't say that facetiously. I mean, it was truly a sacred moment. And so if your students want to share what happened, because some of them are crying that I've never seen cry before. And we all know if they cry, it's a good meeting, right? No, I'm just kidding. What made it a good meeting was this. I told them very clearly, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to start us off, and I shared my encouraging word about Isaac because I was touched. I was absolutely, positively, deeply, to the root of my soul, touched about the way he had the Father heart of God. And so I said, listen, there's 24 of us here, a little bit more with a few of the other natives that were there. And I said, let's kind of move through this. But when you encourage one person, let's move on to other people, and let's not do a lot of repeats. So you know what happened, right? Because there's such a disciplined group of people, we encouraged everyone only once. Not true at all. These guys were fighting to encourage one another. We spent the next 70 minutes of 25 to 30 people just walking around and saying, you know what? As my brother or my sister or whatever, I'm really encouraged. Some of these kids were saying, I aspire to be like you. When you sit in a setting where students are encouraging each other, fighting to encourage them, even the native students, they were encouraging the native students. The native students were weeping. One of the guys, Billy the Kid, he's crying. He says, every year you guys come, I feel refreshed. And when you leave, it breaks my heart. In fact, he even let us out. He had a little lightsaber sort of thing with flashing lights. And he said, I want to lead you guys out. Do you not get that? That is what Paul is doing to Philemon. He is encouraging him. He's, you know, we get encouraged by getting encouraged. And I think over the years, what these students have heard is, you're not kids, you're adults. You're the future. And they acted like it until we were on the way back from Tuba City to Phoenix. But that's okay because everything else, it just showed that they're human. I thought I was walking among angels. Okay, guys, bedtime. How many of you know of students that will actually go to bed when they're told to go to bed? At 10 o'clock at night. Do you know what I'm saying? Encouragement. We went with one church one year, and these guys were just like mean to their kids. And just sitting there going, wow, that's nuts. Because they felt like you can't, you have to control kids. You have to keep them controlled. I'm going to tell you, these, every one of them shined like lights. Because they were encouraged, not just by me, but by each other. And to me, the lesson I relearn is this. If the church spends its life encouraging one another to continue to follow Christ, and this is our future, the future of the church is in a really good place. And I think it's something that we as adults, as we grasp onto what their example is, their spiritual leadership is. I'm not saying that they're better than the rest of the church. All I'm saying is they've learned from you. And it's not just me. It's the parenting that's been going on in this church. It's the modeling that we have done as a church that have showed them how to do ministry. And I want to encourage us as a church to be like Paul, to be like these students, to be encouraging. Because that's what God calls us to do. He doesn't say hammer each other in order to run the race. He says, encourage one another daily. 
let me finish with this. Can we show the last picture? This was uh, as we were leaving uh, Tuba City uh, Thursday night. We left Tuba City Thursday night because as I get older, the road hypnotizes me, which means after a few hours, I start getting sleepy. And I didn't want to leave Tuba City early Friday morning and then head all the way down to Phoenix. So we went to Flagstaff. But that was the last picture. Now, it looks like the sun is setting because it is. It's a beautiful picture, but I want to say this much. The sun is not setting on Tuba City. It's beginning to rise. While we were there all week long, not only were these students doing a really excellent ministry towards the students that they were ministering to, but the Tuba City pastors are beginning again to come together. Because the unity that's been there in years past has dissipated over the last two years. And some of these guys don't even know who they are. So one of the days on Monday, the first Monday, does anyone remember Pastor Wilbur Hohani from? And he came up here and he shared with us. And uh, he came out to visit us, which is really cool. I let him, hey, we're in Tuba City. Love to see you. He came by on Monday. And uh, I introduced him to the AOG pastor. Do you know how far their church is apart? Just guess. Did you say under a mile? Have you ever been to Tuba City? A mile in Tuba City is like down the block here. That's how close they are, but they're not together. They're not talking to one another. Not that I'm angry at each other, but they're just not working together. But so what has happened is there's a sense of unity because isn't that what we prayed for two weeks ago? Unified unifiers, and yet God is beginning to do it. And so our hope was as we were leaving that we would get invited back next year. And so the AOG pastor said, hey, you know what? This is really cool. You guys did a great job. Uh, be interesting if you came back. And I said, well, we'd love to come back. All we have to do is be invited. He said, okay, consider yourself invited. So the sun has not set on Tuba City, not because of me but because of all of us being parents and role models to a group of students who understood that spiritual leadership is spiritual, who understood that ministry is not being ministered to only, but actually doing the ministry, and spent a whole week together encouraging one another. Let's pray. Before our worship team comes up, I just want to give us a few moments and just, as you're reflecting on this, asking yourself, where's my heart? I'm not doing this to produce guilt or shame. I'm not trying to raise one group over another group because we're all a family. Family comes alongside and encourages, just like Caitlin was saying. Why don't I ask you, is your heart breaking at the state of our communities, state of our nation? And are you ready and willing to actually spiritually lead from a broken heart? I know like me, in the midst of all of the distractions of life, it's easy to just stay focused on what's going on in my life. But I believe that God is calling us to something better. And I don't mean better as in like more successful, but better and bigger, his kingdom and his kingdom work. Where's your heart? I just want to ask that because my hope and prayers, it's not just about Tuba City, but it's about where you go each and every day in your neighborhoods as well as at work. And then I want to ask you, where's your ministry? When you come to harvest, where's your ministry? 
Where's that person? Or or where are those people that are on your heart that you want to invest in and build into and see them grow in Christ like Philemon to see their faith growing and their love growing so that they end up in ministry? And then let me finish with this. I just want to encourage you. Is there anyone around you that needs someone to come alongside of them and say, I'm with you. I'll walk with you. I'll run with you. I'll be with you. Just going to give you a minute before we sing our, our last song. Just to run through those questions. Those are three different questions. You might be overwhelmed by all three of them. I'm going to ask you if you're overwhelmed by all three of them. Pick one, the one that strikes your heart the most. Just begin to reflect on it. Let it marinate in your heart. And as a Tuba City team, I know that Caitlin said thank you for all your financial, physical, and spiritual support. But I want to second that. Because without you as our family, I don't think we would have been as well off as we were. And so even though I was blessed by them tremendously last week, I'm also blessed by this church tremendously. And like Paul, I want to say, when I think of you, when I pray for you, I thank my God. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.